This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman, and if you don't know me, I'm a survivor of narcissistic abuse in a queer relationship, and I'm here to validate and support those who have been in my shoes or are in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Hip is unsure if she wants to be on camera or not right now. Sounds like a good spot for you, Pip. Also, if you don't know, I am on the cusp of becoming a certified trauma recovery coach. Um, so stay tuned for more information on that if you would like to be a part of my one-on-one coaching and or join some of the group projects that I will soon be making available. Anyway, today I am going to talk about when a survivor chooses to share their story, what kinds of people, what kinds of comments that you will encounter, and kind of how to work through those things and what's it, what some of those comments mean, what some of those reactions mean, etc. I am winging this episode. I will be completely honest with you. One of the things that are most important to me on my platform, especially if you follow me on Instagram, is authenticity, honesty. Um, I am not feeling great lately. I'm going through a really hard time with just like personal life and kind of been at a crossroads um, for the past year. I'm still at the crossroads, which is a fine place for you to be, for me to be. Um, however, I'm just feeling pretty run down and I'm feeling really run down about sharing about abuse and my story and all of that stuff. So, um, I'm winging it. I'm winging it. Um, obviously I want to remind anyone who is sharing their story that it's okay to take a break. It's okay to swerve. It's okay to do whatever. Um, I had several days of just not really posting or posting like little things that I was doing with my son and not talking about abuse. That's totally fine. Take all the breaks you need because this stuff is not fun to talk about and it's exhausting. So um, just want to put that out there. I did just find a little window of free time and I'm feeling okay to talk about this topic today. So let's dive in. Um, as a survivor of abuse, obviously quite often we don't know we're being abused until we do. It takes a very long time to get there most of the time. It takes a lot of research and maybe talking to other people or seeing other people's stories. And then it takes the ability to, you know, self-reflect, like what was really going on here. Um, pay attention to like journal writing that you had and look at old pictures and videos that you had and do all this stuff and put together all the pieces. And then to say the word abuse or abuser, like these are all like massive steps that we have to take to get to the point of sharing. And then you have to have the courage and the safe space to be able to share out loud. Because quite often we're afraid, we're held back by our fear, which is completely normal and fine. We're not all going to be able to have a platform where we share about it publicly every day. It's a scary world. And a lot of us aren't in a safe place like where our abuser, our abuser and or their family, friends, flying monkeys, all that stuff are actually leaving us alone to be able to talk about it. It's gotta be the perfect cocktail of everything all lined up, you know, to be able to do it. Um, but when you get to, again, whether or not you have a platform, if you're just telling a couple of people around you that you trust, it's a big moment. And when you share again, whether it's out loud and you're posting it on TikTok and 5 million people see it or 
2,000 people see it or it's four or five close people, you can get several different kinds of responses. And some of them are amazing and validating and needed. And some of them are horrible. And it can be a huge setback. And it can make you want to never talk about it again. And it can re-traumatize you. So it's important if you haven't shared your story yet to be aware of what you might encounter. And if you have shared it, I hope this is validating to you. And you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I went through this too when I started sharing my story um, and so on. So first we obviously have the abusers. We have the abusive people who are going to immediately kick right back. And obviously if you're sharing on social media, you're sharing publicly, you're gonna draw in a lot more people. You're gonna have a lot more people seeing your stuff and instantly hating you and instantly calling you names and you know, calling you a narcissist, calling you abusive saying all of this stuff, you know, let's hear this, the other person's side of the story. I'm sure you did X, Y, Z. You should have done this. Maybe they wouldn't have done that, blah, blah, blah. All the things that our abusers told us. So that is very difficult. <laughs> it's very difficult because you have this knee jerk reaction to be, to, to respond and to defend and to get into it with them and essentially give them supply by your reaction, by being upset, by trying to defend yourself, whether it's this in person or not. And sometimes it's your abuser. Sometimes we feel the need to tell our own abuser, Hey, you're doing this. You're gaslighting me. You've been isolating me from my family. You've been this whole time blaming me for everything and not taking anything on, you know, your own plate saying, yes, I did this. Yes, I'm doing this, whatever. Um, either way, whether it's our abuser, whether it's a friend who it also has those abusive tendencies that we didn't realize, like you'll start to notice that like there might be some other people in your life that you have those, like it might be a family member. It might be your best friend. It might be, you know, there could be several other people in your life that have that abusive pattern that you've been dealing with for a very long time, but you're not aware of until you get out of it. Right. Or it could be someone online, lots of people online. And Again, it's scary. It can be re-traumatizing. You get that knee-jerk reaction. The important thing is to know your truth, to know what you went through, whether you have a phone full of proof or not, because some of us do. Some of us have like hordes of stuff backed up everywhere in case we ever forget um, that we were abused. It, whether you have like proof or not, you've been through enough. You don't have to prove to anyone. You don't have to argue with anyone. So when you do encounter those people, if it's in person or online, I guess I don't have to keep saying that because it doesn't matter who it is or where they are in the world. Simply try to teach yourself to not react. It's going to be hard at first, but you have to just realize that this person is not a safe place to have a conversation with and they will never be. They don't want to understand you. They don't want to validate you. They don't want to admit or accept what you went through because in their minds, you're the crazy one. Whether they're your abuser or they've been abusing other people, you are crazy for telling your story. You are crazy. You're making it up. They're going to call you Amber Heard, which is horrible. They're going to call you a liar. They're going to say that you're just out here seeking attention. People a lot of times will say that I'm out here um, trying to get money and all this stuff. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't make any money in this. If I get lucky, I might make a little bit of money off of reels, but I am doing this all for free. And a lot of us are. A lot of us are out here sharing and we aren't monetizing. My YouTube has like a hundred followers. So hello everybody. My podcast has like a hundred listeners. So hello listeners. I'm so glad you're here. I'm thankful for you, but absolutely those people will try to do whatever they can to guilt you, to tear you down, to silence you again. And ah, we have been silenced long enough, right? So let's move on to the next group of people that you will encounter. These are going to be the enablers. These are going to be the flying monkeys. These are going to be the people who are willing to look the other way, even if they have proof that someone's abusive. 
when you tell your story, they're going to be uncomfortable with it. They might not like it because maybe they are abusive. Maybe they have been abused before and don't want to look into it. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was a sibling. Maybe it was a previous partner. Maybe it's a current partner. They don't want to look into it. They don't want to have to dive deep and pull out all that pain and trauma and everything that they've been shoving down and actually have to examine it and say, oh my gosh, this happened to me. This is happening to me. Do I have to go through what she's going through? She's talking about all this stuff. Do I have to do this? Do I have to actually heal this? Do I actually have to go to therapy or hire a trauma recovery coach? Do I have to cut out all these people? Do I have to cut out my sister? Do I have to cut out my five of my friends? Oh my gosh, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to keep moving forward, right? Especially those of us who are people pleasers, the ones who don't want to stir the pot. The ones who just want to keep our heads down and be like, okay, I'm really scared. I walk on eggshells every time that my sister comes around or my cousin or my friend comes around, but like, I can't cut them off. I can't piss them off. I'm going to piss off the whole family. I'm going to piss off the whole friend group. I can't do it. And we, we just keep putting up with those people, right? So those are the enablers. Again, the ones who will say things like, well, there's two sides to every story. Abusers will say that too. There's two sides to every story. Well, I heard you were abusive too. Well, they told me you did this. Well, don't you know that they had a really hard childhood? It makes sense that they're like that. Yeah, it does make sense that they're like that. We also had hard childhoods. We're also traumatized, but we're not abusing people, right? So there's a big difference and there's no excuse for any kind of abuse. Um, we don't need to be minimizing abuse because it wasn't this, it was only this, and it was only sometimes, and it was only like abuse is abuse. Um, and so again, there's no excuse for it, whether it's coming from an abusive person or an enabler, there's no excuse for abuse. There's no two sides to every story when someone is abusive. Even if you're in that relationship and you have done some toxic, horrible things, you've picked up on their habits, you've called them ugly names. Maybe you've threatened to do X, Y, Z. I'm not talking about like unalive them or something like that. Like we're not threatening to like ruin their lives. We're threatening to leave. We're threatening to break up. We're threatening to do whatever it is. All the toxic things that you did in that relationship are due to your reaction to their abuse. And so there is no two sides to every story. And you'll see people, you'll hear people using words, mutual abuse, or they were mutually toxic. They were both toxic. They both were doing this. They both were doing that. Those are the enablers. And we want to distance ourselves from those people too. And again, online, we want to not respond to them. We may choose to say something educational. Like for me online, I may respond to someone with something educational. Like, please look into, please read this book by this author, please, whatever. So that other survivors who are seeing this and thinking about talking about it, don't see those comments and be like, oh my gosh, I can't talk about this because I'm crazy. I look crazy. They're right. Mutual abuse is a thing. Um, I am to blame for this, whatever. So we might do that kind of like little brief, like, Hey, other survivors, this is my response to this kind of thing. But we want to distance ourselves from those people as well. If you're talking to a friend in real life who you thought was going to support you and be there for you and understand you, but they're choosing to still be friends with your abuser. They're choosing to still go hang out with you. You see them in a photo with their abuser. That's not a friend. That's an enabler. Because if you support an abusive person and you've been told that they've done this, even, and especially if you've seen it, because I had people who told me I knew they were abusive. I was told this, was this what your relationship was like? Because this was what was described to me before you even got with them. And of course I was pissed off and I was like, how could you not tell me? I have the son. You knew the whole time that they were abusive. You just told me this. You just described the last two and a half years of my life and it was absolute hell. And the whole time you lived up the street and didn't say a word to me. You never checked in with me. That's an enabler. That person may or may not be abusive in their own relationship. They, that might be like what they know and recognize as like normal 
but either way, we don't want to be around those people. So even though it's painful sometimes and like, it's really hard, like I lost a lot of quote unquote friends. They are not your friend if they are choosing to still have contact with your abuser. And again, we don't want to defend ourselves with them. We don't want to, when they say, well, they told me you did this. We don't want to say, well, I did this because this happened and because I was so stressed out and I was feeling this. No, just say something like, the one time that I heard something that my abuser was telling people, which I knew they would, I said, yep, I knew that they would be telling people that. And also, I don't want to hear anything else about them and just end the conversation. Know your story. Know your truth. Again, you don't need to spend any more energy trying to be heard and understood by people who don't want to hear and understand you. Because there are people in this world who are going to hear you and understand you and validate you and support you without saying there's two sides to every story, without saying, I heard this about you, without saying, I want to remain neutral. I'm not going to choose sides here because you're both my friends. So that brings us into the next group of people that are the survivors. These survivors, and again, there's a lot of debate about the word survivor and victim and whether you one of those words is triggering to you, you don't like that word, like a lot of people don't want to use the word victim. I'm going to use them just to, to describe a state of being in terms of your healing and where you're at in your relationship and things like that. So if you don't like the word victim, let's just exchange it with whatever works for you because I don't want to like set anyone back in their journey. But like, again, I'm separating the two phases. So the survivors are going to be the people who have been where you've been and are aware of what happened to them, can see it in you. So for example, if you're telling me something about your relationship, I'm going to see it. And I'm going to know, and I'm going to say this person is, is being abused or was being abused or whatever, because we've gotten to a point in our healing. We've gotten away from our abusers where we recognize the signs of abuse. We're seeing the red flags. We're feeling what you're feeling when you're telling the story and we're going to support you. We're going to validate you. We're going to ask you what you need at this point. We're going to give you resources. We're going to, all of that. And I get a lot of comments. I, I have had people, real life conversations. I do get a lot of comments online from people who are like, I've been there. I'm so proud of you. You know, we got this. I just left to let's do this. Those kinds of people, those are the survivors. And those people are awesome because they're going to see you again. They're going to lift you up. They're going to say, let's link arms and go through this together. I'm talking about this too, or it's okay if you can't talk about this. Others of us will talk about it for you while you're unable to do this. Those are the survivors. The last group of people, those are the victims or whatever you want to call it. Those are the actively abused people who may or may not know that they're actively being abused. Those are the people who, the survivors and the victims both, those are the ones who make it worth doing the work we do, talking about it. And again, if you're not talking about it online, that's perfectly fine. Um, but you never know who you're going to say something to, who you're going to finally be that light bulb moment for them where they're like, oh my God, that happened to me. And oh my gosh, this is how I felt. And now it's all coming back to me. And now I'm realizing that this wasn't okay, that it wasn't me, that I didn't make it up, that I'm not crazy, that I shouldn't have been blamed for all of this. What do I need to do now? Those are the people who are still trapped who are still feeling isolated and alone. And like, they're the only people in the world who are going through this. And this is why I share. This is why I share. And I do also hope that there will be some enablers who will recognize what I'm talking about and say, oh my gosh, now I feel really yucky because when Lindsay was talking about flying monkeys and how the abuser will only be my friend when they need something from me, they need to look like they have a lot of friends, look like they're happy, look like they're moving on. So we're hanging out all the time, but all of a sudden I haven't heard from them. They have a new partner now. They've disappeared. They're not accessible to me. They never want to hang out with us. Oh, wait, now they need something. 
now they're coming back and maybe they'll realize that and maybe they'll change their way of, you know, when they hear stories like this, they'll take them seriously next time. They'll start to look out for people. They'll start to be more like selective about their friends um, and things like that. So I am hopeful that there is a wide group of people who will have um, and who will be impacted by not just my story and the things that I share, but other people as well. Um, obviously I don't have a lot of hope of getting through to the abusive people. Um, but who knows? So my point of all this is that like, obviously when we start to share our stories, there's, you know what, I'm going to add another group. And that's the people who work in social work, shelters, um, first responders, if they're educated and aware of reactive abuse and narcissistic abuse and emotional abuse and DARVO and all the things that are like really more like subtle and like you really have to really understand those things. Um, those people are out there too. And those people, whether they've been abused or not, are wonderful resources. Um, very helpful for you if that is someone that you happen to tell your story to, because um, I did have some people come out and a lot of them are survivors as well. But I had some people come out and say, oh my gosh, I see this a lot in my work. What you just said, this happens all the time where an abuser will use a pet or an abuser will use a, ch a child as a pawn and all this stuff. And those people are going to be really awesome to have in your court as well. I know this episode might seem kind of weird because I'm just like talking about groups of people and I really don't want it to sound like I'm telling you that you have to share your story, that you have to build a platform and then start doing this and start doing that. Maybe you're going to write a book someday. Maybe you're going to write a book that's using different names and maybe you're not even using your name because again, you're scared to actually put yourself out there because again, there's a horrible, horrible people in this world who will absolutely try to eat you alive for sharing your story and that's not okay. But whatever it is you choose to do, I want you to know that as a survivor, wherever you are in your journey, if you're still in it, if you've been out for 20 years, if you've been out for a year like me, I see you and I hear you and your story is important. You deserve to be heard and seen and supported in this journey. And, you know, obviously be careful about who you share about, or if you get to a point where you're like, you know what, I know this, like me, I am sitting in my story. I know my story. I am not affected. It does wear me out a little bit. I, I, uh, if a video gets big enough, I just don't read the comments anymore. Unfortunately, there will probably be a lot of people who could use a kind word from me, the creator of the video, but I can't do it because it is exhausting to see how many people out there are so hateful and, um, in support of abuse and the continued behaviors that are ruining people's lives. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I just want you to be aware of what kind of things might come up and how to protect yourself from that, how to put up those boundaries, how to put the space between you, and then how to have those people who have those good reactions, how to keep them near. Hello. What you up to, buddy? Yeah, buddy. You're hungry? For snack tray. For snack tray. Okay, I'll be right out and I will make you a snack tray. And that's going to have to be wrapped because as you can see, the baby's need me. It is about lunchtime. Um, wrapping this up, I just want to say we do have a webinar in a couple of days. Probably by the time you see this or listen to this podcast episode, it will be over. It's called Why Can't I Just Leave? It's at 6.30 p.m. on August 18th. There will be myself and several other survivors interviewing the author of the book, Why Can't I Just Leave? So this is great for anyone who's still in an abusive relationship and can't figure out what's going on or how to get out and, and just trying to understand what's happening to you. Or even if you've been out for a while or you want to help another person, you want to be able to understand these things, great resource for you. The link is in my bio um, on TikTok and Instagram. 
Also, I haven't been talking about this a lot, but I do have a trip to Greece planned for August of 2023. Well, I will be hosting a trip to Greece with anyone who wants to come along and have a week of adventure in Santorini and Athens. I'm really looking forward to meeting a lot of you. It's going to be a safe place for survivors, for queer folks. Um, it's going to be all women. So sorry, cis men, if you wanted to come along, look for another trip. There will be other options for you. Check that out. That information is also in my TikTok and Instagram bio. I also have a highlight on Instagram if you'd like to be a part of that. The first 10 people will get an early bird discount. So keep that in mind. Let's see what else. Um, I don't know. These are our last couple of days in Indiana. So we will be heading back to Washington where we actually live. Um, so there'll be a time of adjustment, but hopefully I'll get into more of like the swing of things and make a schedule so people know when I'm going live and when you can have more access to me. Time to get that snack tray done. Bye everybody. We'll see you next week.